वन शो दे थोड़ा स्वागत है का टुडेज वन शो आज दा जेड़ा शो सी एक जेड़ा सदा टॉपिक होना ओ है होना दुख जहां अपन इंग्लिश दे विच वी कैन कॉल इट सफरिंग व्हाट इज द व्हाट इज द कांसेप्ट ऑफ सफरिंग कांसेप्ट ऑफ दुख इन गुरमति गुरबानी बट आल्सो हाउ डू वी रिस्पोंड टू दैट हाउ डू वी ओवरकम सफरिंग सो हाउ डू वी कांसेप्टुअलाइज इट एंड हाउ डू वी ओवरकम दैट uh um and uh, what is the relationship between uh, suffering dukh and uh, naam uh, they are the kind of key concepts manjit that we're looking to so aaj da jada program we're going to try and uh, do in punjabi punjabi de vich bhi ta english de vich bhi koshish karni hai par assi jinne bhi aaj assi program de vich takriban sare itthe england de jump pal hage hain te so tusi maafi karni apologize if uh, we focus more on the english side Uh, uh, but I'll try and uh, summarize as well, Punjabi. So, so I think we should introduce our guests and get on with the show. Yeah, we should do definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, delighted once again to welcome Meridor. Uh, they've been on before. Um, my immediate right, Paisat Balsingji. Um, you'll know Paisat Balsingji. He's um, one of what we might call the modern-day kind of Sikhi Pracharaks. Uh, he works the seva with an organisation called Nanak Naam, and um, you can uh, see him on the YouTube videos and they've got the website as well. Uh, and he's doing some uh, amazing kind of work, particularly not only in the Punjabi Sikh community, but uh, in the wider community. Uh, so welcome to the show, Sathpalji. Why could you call us? And next to Sathpal, we've got Jaswinder. Um, I think it's the second time you've joined us. Yeah. Uh, but Jaswinder, uh, as well as being a professional, he's also a, a poet um, and uh, armchair philosopher, maybe as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, delighted to have you as well. Why Gujika Khalsa? Why Gujiki Fateh? Let's um, let's just kick off, guys, with um, you know the basics, really, the kind of get some of concepts right. So, when we talk about suffering, yeah, you know, what what is suffering? Uh, what is dukkha according to Gurbani? Sathpalji. Um, I think this is a really interesting subject, and I'm really glad that we're tackling that because the more people that I speak to, it becomes really evident that this is actually something that. As a community, we're not talking about. Mm -hmm. When we look at Gurbani, from my understanding, I think Gurbani talks about suffering in three different ways. Mm -hmm. Like there's a hierarchical structure mm -hmm. of three causes of suffering. At the very superficial layer, we could say that your desires cause suffering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The next level down, we can talk about your perception of control mm -hmm. causes your suffering. Yeah. You think that you have control in life, yeah. and when things don't happen then you start worrying and, and that's where suffering comes. And at the very deep-rooted layer is this body-mind identity that we identify with our body and mind. And if we can go into a little bit of that, I think those are the layers that Guru Granth Sahib Ji is talking about. Mm -hmm. But just if we can, just, I mean, I think that's a really useful start, but maybe uh, just when you come in here as well, uh, we still haven't really defined what suffering is. I mean, if we take a kind of common-sense view of suffering, uh, suffering is, you know, going without food, Suffering is um, being beaten by somebody. Suffering is um, mm. being tormented, maybe racially abused. Mm. Most people would see suffering as you know living in poverty and those kind of very practical everyday kind of experiences. So it's, it's great that you bring bring that up in that way because actually. Yeah. Um, I would actually uh, say that those are not actually suffering themselves, they are the causes of suffering, or they are a potential cause of suffering. So spiritual traditions, and I'm, I'm going to probably have a wider, mm -hmm. uh, a, a wider sort of sense of things than perhaps Sathbal, who's, who's much yep, more of a yep, Gurbani yep. scholar than I, than I am, um, but the, all the Eastern traditions um, carve out suffering as a kind of psychological resistance. Mm 
that we have to physical events in the world. So they separate it out from the causes of suffering, and they say actually suffering and what we're trying to tackle here and what can be tackled with these traditions is your psychological um, and emotional response. So it's the resistance you feel to these kind of events. Now obviously, you know, there is a very close correlation with extreme pain and torture and things like that with the psychological response you're going to have. But the, the theory actually stands its grounds when you think of things like there are types of pain that you would feel, such as childbirth or if you're going to the gym and things like that, which your mindset is completely different and interprets that kind of physical mm. um, stimuli in a completely different way. So I think for our discussion sort of going forward, it would be useful to start looking at suffering as the emotional and psychological response that we have and, and sort of separate it from the causes of yeah. suffering. Okay, I mean, I think that obviously, we, we, you know, ultimately we're going to go to the level of the Atma. But I still want to stay at this level because you know, uh, you know, we don't want to be accused of somehow playing down uh, mm. people's kind of everyday yes. struggles. Yeah. And certainly, the in the year, um, you know, there's a, a huge emphasis on seva, on on, on serving, uh, on feeding. So surely the gurus recognise these kind of needs as well that people have. So whilst we might drill down suffering at the kind of level of the soul and uh, theological kind of questions. Mm. At the everyday levels, it, that doesn't mean that Sikhs shouldn't be concerned with everyday suffering or pain and um, you know, struggles that people have. Yeah, I think we can, you know, following on from, from what Jasmine mm -hmm. said, is that we can, we can almost split it up into two mm -hmm. different sources of suffering, two different mm -hmm. causes of suffering. One is the external cause and one is just mental suffering because there are people who are genuinely struggling with uh, physical difficulties mm -hmm. like there's no food or a lack of yeah, money or things like people. that, disabled or anything like that. But then there are the other people who are uh, materially mm -hmm. very well off but emotionally suffering. So we can talk about suffering essentially in mm -hmm. two different ways, from the yeah. mind and suffering from the um, external factors. Yeah. If one has so much faith in Guruji, why should they suffer? I think there's, there's two different things here. One is a faith in, well it depends on what your relationship with, with yeah. the Guru is, mm -hmm. um, but the causes of suffering affect everyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's whether you have that emotional response that, that mm. just in the same way is whether we actually, whether, whether, whether your faith and your, your spiritual belief mm -hmm. actually allows you to create some sort of uh, coping mechanism for the, for the external response. Well, let's explore so we don't that. necessarily yeah. have to suffer if we have mm. this kind of kind of tradition that allows us to be resilient to these but, things. But I think there's still an interesting question there. You know, if you look at the kind of, uh, the, the kind of people that go to like worship and temples and not just in our tradition but in other tradition, uh, they tend to be people who are suffering, I mean, uh, you know, who have, who have ailments, who are wanting cures, mm. um, whereas the kind of comf you know, materially comfortable people, wealthy people, you know, I mean, they have a different relationship. So, you know, is 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 it about the suffering uh, for people who haven't got material wealth, or you know, it just doesn't seem right that people who have got material wealth would be suffering? You know, in, in the way, in the everyday kind of way in which we might think about suffering. I think, I think actually that just speaks even more to the fact that suffering, when we talk about suffering, we need to actually divorce it from the causes of suffering. Because it's very easy to then conflate okay. the issues and say, right. well actually I can see a cause of suffering and therefore there must be suffering. And just completely denounce anyone who appears to have material wealth and seems to be pretty well off and say, well actually I'm not going to allow you to even claim that you can suffer because you've got everything you, you physically need. Mm -hmm. Suffering is a psychological response and sometimes it can be a 
psychological malfunction. You can have everything you need, and one day you can just wake up and feel anxious and absolutely rubbish with yourself. And I think what the, uh, the wisdom traditions of the East do is give you the tools to deal with that, yeah. is to say, look, this is your, your suffering and your mental state is actually, you can divorce it from your physical surroundings. Yes, of course, there are going to be things that we need. We need shelter and food, and those are going we to be necessities. But there are mechanisms in place, and there are tools we can give you, and Sikhi does that fantastically, to say, actually, we can divorce you from those enough that you can have a resilience that's almost superhuman, in a sense. Okay. And the gurus have demonstrated this time yeah. and time again with the, the kind of things that we would normally associate would cause extreme suffering. Yeah. They've, they've you know, okay. been unbelievable so it with seems it. Like this is a completely different system of, 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 of approaching this question than the Western psychological tradition. I mean, you, 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 some people will know of the work of Abraham Maslow mm -hmm. and th this idea that we have a hierarchy of need, uh, where Maslow says that those maybe those higher level uh, kind of where you engage intellectually are kind of higher level needs, but you've got to satisfy those basic kind of fulfill the physical needs and you know I think I can't remember the shout but I think Kabiji talks about this that um, you know if you don't kind of meditate while your body is mm. uh, fit then mm. so, so we can't completely separate the kind of physical uh, capacity if you like for the physical pain from the kind of uh, inner kind of you know torment that we might have in our souls this, I mean, that's the whole essence of Sikhi, isn't it? The, the connection between the Miri and the Piri, the between the, the physical and the, yeah. you know. So we can't just dismiss the physical, can we? No, I think, I think what we're doing is we're giving a much more broader definition of the word suffering than limiting it to the physical. <coughs> mm. Yeah. Because we, we now, with, with sort of detaching it from the physical, we can include other causes. We can include, like I've said, you know, dysfunction or illness or mm. ailments which may not be obviously material or have a physical external cause, but are still causing extreme suffering. If you only, if you only talk about suffering in the context of obvious physical causes, you, you ignore a, a massive part of the population. And mm. I think this is what we're seeing even now in, in what we would say is civilized Western culture, mm. even now, uh, mental health has got a massive stigma mm. because a lot of people just don't identify with <coughs> the suffering. The numbers have gone up. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, what, what, what we're doing is still we, we're having a very almost medieval understanding of mm. suffering. So we're saying, well, everything is there for you. Mm. Physically, you're not mm. suffering. Yeah. So that means there yeah. should be. So, so it kind of reduces the, um, the, 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 the sympathy that we have for people mm. just because we say that they're mentally suffering. Whereas if we define suffering as an internal process, mm. as, as an internal suffering, regardless of the external then it levels the playing field then anyone is suffering for whatever reason because in the same light we can say that there are time and time again you get aid workers that go to uh, war-stricken countries and mm. poverty-stricken mm. countries and they say we look at all these people who have nothing on the outside and we can't understand why, they, why they're smiling because they seem to be above the physicals because the, the Western world has just pushed the physical so much that they, their understanding of suffering just falls apart when they see young poor children okay. just laughing and happy. Well let me be a bit more provocative mm -hmm. now and, and suggest that um, uh, I mean, let me put it another way. You know, if my child is suffering from, say, leukemia, then should I take that child to, the, to a spiritualist? To, or should I take that child to the hospital? I don't think it's an either-or kind of question, okay. to be honest. Yeah. I think there is... But if, if, if you're saying that, um, you know, that we've got to separate the symptoms from the kind of deeper, so is it about enabling that, that family, that person, to, to live with that pain as it were 
by seeing a deeper meaning in life, which you could argue is what, I mean, if I'm thinking about, say, Faridji, uh, Ravidasji, uh, uh, mm -hmm. and if you read the, a lot of the kind of Ravidasji's Bani, it's all about, you know, you, you've given me all the kind of physical suffering that I can, I can you know, you want, and, you, you know, I've lived in the kind of dirt as a chamar and all these things. But inside myself, I'm liberated, I'm free, I'm happy. Mm. Begum Bara, he says, you know, I've, 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 I've achieved a utopia, mm. although, you know, you might think that I'm nothing. So, so is, it, is it that quest to, as it were, live with the physical sufferings of, you know, that divana lagi, or is it actually both? You know, we, we, there's a connection between the two, you know. I, I mean, would say that there's, yeah. there's. You can't there meditate is, if your leg's killing you. I would say if there's a cause of pain. Depends <laughs> how good you are meditating. <laughs> to be honest with you, but, <laughs> you know, but, but, but we're not into that. I mean, how to, yeah. I mean, that's the whole. Thing I would say that, if, that, that, that there's there's two things here. One is that if you have pain and you have the ability to take that pain away. Why wouldn't you? I think it's completely human so, nature. And, and, and this is anesthesia medicine, yeah, we should yeah. have that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not suggesting okay. that somebody who is in and if pain you're, if you're hungry, we should yeah. alleviate people's hunger. Completely. And, and, yeah. and just to come in here, I think one of the, because we're getting quite into detail about where we should place suffering and what should be in and what should be out, mm. I think it, it's useful to just sort of talk about, well, why is this necessary to sort of separate it out? Because to be honest with you, the Gurbani is very clear that the, the world and the conditions we're in, we are not going to be able to manipulate them to our liking all the time. Yes, we can go to the doctor if our leg is hurting us or, or you know, yeah. in certain circumstances, but circumstances will inevitably arise in our lives when we cannot deal with them by sorting the physical world out. And Garbani is quite clear about that, that the world is going to do what the world is going to do. Hook em, basically. What Garbani is telling us is your resistance to what the world is doing can be dealt with. The way you're framing your environment can be dealt with and actually can be dealt with in a, in a really drastic way. So I mean, if you, if you take the, the example of Guru Arjan Devji, sitting on the Tati Tavi, he was, he was enduring pain, and I'm being very careful with my words here. Yeah, he yeah. was enduring extreme pain, but in his mind there was no suffering because he had completely so transcended. He had, yeah. he had no resistance to what was happening. He was actually, you know, in his, obviously we all know the Gurbani, he was, he was talking about it favorably, that this is mitta to me. So, and you know, you can look at Guru Gobind Singh and when he loses his sons, and it's, they had transcended a state where actually okay. the physical world didn't cause that kind of emotional resistance and didn't cause that suffering. Now, I'm not saying we can all get there tomorrow, but actually it's surprisingly quick how you can start to observe your experience through practices like meditation and start to see where the suffering that you're endure, having to endure is caused by your framing of a situation rather than what's going on. So is this to do, your, to do with your basta? basta yeah, absolutely. So let's take an easy example. If someone pushes in front of you in a queue, um, you know, emotions of anger arise mm -hmm. straight away. Mm -hmm. And that anger can torture you if you continue to perpetuate the thoughts which actually support it. If you, however, click a hold of it and think, actually, this is just a physical reaction I'm having, I can, I can view this quite dispassionately, what you find is that actually if the thoughts are not feeding that anger, you, the, the, anger, the, the physical sensations uh, subside. So it's about divorcing what's mm. actually happening uh, in so the real separating. world and your reaction to it. And normally our reactions yeah. make things a lot mm. worse. So what about trying to, coming in from a different angle? Because you know we believe in kind of nature. We believe that you know the human body is like an organism, just like anything mm -hmm. else is. Uh, but that there is a there is a deeper purpose. But that the the organism itself needs to be looked after. 
that the, the organism shouldn't uh, be allowed to well, suffering is kind of quite emotional, but it almost implies some subjectivity. Mm. But that, that it shouldn't allow, allow to be withered away, that it just like, you know... Deteriorate. Deteriorate, yeah. And in that sense, you could say that, uh, you know, it's not as if we're ignoring the physical life, mm. but we're seeing life beyond the kind of, you know, just nourishing the physical. That's the key thing, isn't I it? I think absolutely, yeah. That's mm. that there is no need to limit suffering to just mm. the physical. Mm. And I think it's really important that we in fact address the mental and psychological mm. issues that are causing suffering because I would say the majority of people who are watching and the majority of people who are, who are at home and are living quite a comfortable life we can't just say that physically they're fine no. so emotionally mm. they're fine so it's, it's really important that we actually start okay. saying well what is suffering? Well, what, I mean let's come to that I mean and Guru here seems to even take it one stage further. Not only is he helping us to avoid suffering, maybe, but he's actually saying suffering is the actual medicine. What's going on here? So, I mean, so, so one thing that I think is important to say is if you take any line from the Gurbani and sort mm. of take it out of the context and look at it literally, you can sometimes come up with erroneous conclusions. Mm -hmm. Now, in my personal opinion, uh, Guruji is being and he said as that he ever is. is the cause. In fact, he's absolutely Sukh yeah. is the cause of. Yeah. The so he's he's being uh, you know Guruji is being uh, provocative as he always is yeah. to, to almost grab us and, and get our attention mm -hmm. and say that you know don't get too comfortable with your mm -hmm. lives. Actually, you are going to suffer. Mm -hmm. It's it's almost an inevitability until until you sort of can transcend that. Um, but that suffering can be viewed in the, the context of there is something, there is some attachment there, there is some desire there that you need to deal with. This is a signal your body is giving you mm. that actually you are not running in the optimum fashion and something needs to be dealt with there. Mm. So you can go through life pretty blasé if you like and, and live a pretty mediocre life, but actually these, these kicks show us that there is something a lot better that we can aspire to and that the kick in the right direction. So that's the way I view that. Yeah, line. Yeah. I, I think the way um, Guruji is using this line is mm -hmm. what he's done time and time again with Gurbani is uh, he's taken a very pivotal concept which society looks at and he's turned mm -hmm. it upside down. Mm -hmm. Guruji has done the same thing with death He's done the same thing with ego, he's done the same thing yeah. with Kaljug. He takes all of these as an opportunity to say, actually, this is great, and now let me tell you why. So what I think Guruji is doing here is Guruji is actually saying, let's just look at Duk. And it's not that he's saying that all of you start running after Duk. Mm -hmm. What he's saying is that there is a solution within this. But the solution is only from Duk, not when we all go and look, mm. look for Duk, but when we understand Duk. When we understand Duk, we can make Duk into a medicine. Mm -hmm. And yes. because we don't understand mm. Duk, what we do is we're all running away from Duk mm. and we're all running towards Sukh. And what Guruji does time and time again, he actually says, don't run towards happiness mm. because my explanation of happiness will make it very clear that you haven't thought it through and happiness leads mm -hmm. to sadness. So let's just look at what sadness mm. is, let's look at what suffering is, then it can become a medicine in your life. Yeah, oh, that's part of the part of this kind of um, interesting play with uh, these concepts. But I mean, so far we've tried to equate suffering with the kind of physical, um, you know, ailments and um, needs and kind of social uh, life, if you like. But um, in Gurbani, uh, there's another shabd. You know, it's a hamedi ragrog hai darupi is my. It's actually saying that the true suffering is. Mm. Is really about, uh, you were saying psychological. I think Guruji says even further, it's almost like 
almost part of our soul. Mm -hmm. So this goes back to the, this goes back to the three <laughs> levels of of, of, yeah. looking, uh, of Duk that I, I think yeah. Guruji talks about. The, the, at the very superficial layer, Guruji talks about anything that you desire mm. is, a, is a duk. It's and I think that's a very mm. fundamental way to start looking mm. at the world because we actually think that ambition and success mm. and all these things are very positive things and that's how uh, society puts mm. a positive spin on it. Mm. But what Guruji is saying is actually desire anything is that you desire, mm. actually it means that right now you feel unsettled. Mm. At any mm. point that you want something in life, what you're saying is, I'm unfulfilled right now. I will be more fulfilled when I get that. That's a type of duk. Mm. And then desire comes from this sense that, that when you think I want something, mm. then the second cause of duk is, is ego. Well, well yeah, that's a, yeah. the, the, the second cause it's of duk is they to say yeah. I have the ability to do something. Mm. Okay. Now I have the ability to do something when that mm. doesn't go right because mm. you think well mm. I, I I can physically go and buy whatever I want, mm. but mm -hmm. for whatever reason it doesn't happen. And the third reason, which is the, goes back to the point that you made, which is that I identify with my body and my mind. Yeah, I think yeah. I am my body and my mind. And Guru, at every single one of these levels, mm. he turns the explanation upside down and he says, desire is a problem. Mm. Your idea that you can control the world and mm. your life is a problem and the mm. cause of your suffering. And the very thing that you identify yeah. with, which you think you are your body and your mind, mm. he says that's a cause but, of your suffering. But, yeah, yeah. but just winter, uh, I mean, again, I'm going to. I'm going to try to bring it back to the kind of, as it were, the kind of physical world in which we live our lives, mm -hmm. in workplaces. Yeah. You know, we talk about in, in management and in organizational theories about how you, how you motivate staff, mm. how you motivate them to perform better, to be happier. And, you know, you, they often say it's got to be a balance of financial rewards, but also them actually feeling part of an organization, feeling. So, in, in some senses, this is going beyond that. It's saying that the, you know, the, the way to motivate people is almost to break their dependency on those kind of material desires and things like that. Uh, well, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, the, the, I think when we, when we look at a workplace context, we are not dealing with um, you know, people who are in an enlightened state of being and who are, you know, understand their psyches and therefore are always going to um, be drawn to the wholesome, mm -hmm. um, you know, rewards. Well, so, but, but there are many organizational kind of a con management consultants are bringing in meditation no, or mindfulness it's, it's, and it's, saying that you have to almost attack this problem from a different angle. Well, the thing, I mean, we'll probably come on to this. I mean, yeah. Sathbal and I have discussed this at length ourselves, but th there is a slight issue with the way mindfulness is being packaged up and sold as this kind of, uh, this newfangled executive tool yeah. uh, to something to have in your toolkit. To, to make to, more money. To, well, yeah. To it's do, a slight paradox there, isn't you it? You know, you've got, you've got <laughs> organizations dealing with stress yeah. and, you know, people mm. having time off for, for various sort of ailments. So this is almost the, the additional thing, the toolkit to have mm -hmm. and say, right, a bit of mindfulness, if you add that into your exercise and you're eating five foods a day, it will, it will give you something useful to, to, to but isn't that, that, that isn't that precisely what, what the Sikh uh, kind of institutional framework has become? Mm -hmm. You know, you come to the Gurdwara, you, you give money, you book an account and you spend your money, but, but, but somehow, and again, you will do another for you and you'll get a new car, you'll, you'll get a job, your children will get educated. We're also into that kind of exchange. But we're also trapped, and it's a bit like the kind of management. You know, we're bringing the mindfulness, the Buddhist mindfulness trainer, and we'll have more profits, and everybody will be richer. There's a paradox here, isn't there? I think. I would imagine that a lot of people can see through that mm. and actually be able to see that there isn't, you know, the, some sort of fountain of joy when, at the end of an account part. There isn't this kind of. Uh, 
everlasting peace and bliss just because Ganiji's done our adas for us. You know, so I'm not taking anything away from those things, but I think most people understand that actually, maybe should we desire anything worldly at all? Then should should we be desiring children, a son, cars? Because that's often, if you, that's often the motive for people I, to follow religion. But I think you're, you know, you, Sapphire's already, I think, eloquently answered this. Is effectively, um, you know, all Eastern religions have diagnosed suffering as being caused by desires. At the root of desires are attachments. At the root of attachment is ego. So, and religion, um, in a sense, is trapped within this kind of cycle. Um, institutionalized religion. Well, institutionalized religion. Yes, yeah. yes. So, and, you know. But institutionalized religion isn't necessarily the same thing as religious mm. philosophy. Yeah. Um, so we need to have a conversation about are we talking about the social ills and how we've interpreted religion as yeah. playing out, or mm. actually, you know, can we go back mm -hmm. to basics and say, well, what does Sikhi offer us yeah. um, mm. as viable tools? I'll we're going we're to go to the break in a few minutes. I just wanted to throw you up on Punjabi, the Bajbi, summarize Kadiapa. आज ਦੇ ਸ਼ੋਅ ਦੇ ਉੱਪਰ ਦੁੱਖ ਦੀ ਗੱਲ ਕਰਦੇ ਆ ਵੀ ਦੁੱਖ ਕੀ ਹੈ ਦੁੱਖ ਦਾਰੂ ਸੁਖ ਰੋਗ ਪਿਆ ਚਾ ਸੁਖ ਤਾਮ ਨਾ ਹੋਈ ਇਹ ਆਪਾਂ ਭੂਮਿਕਾ ਇਤੋਂ ਬਣਾਈਏ ਔਰ ਇਹਦੇ ਨਾਲ ਅਸੀਂ ਹੁਣ ਇੱਥੇ ਤੱਕ ਪਹੁੰਚੇ ਆ ਵੀ ਇੱਕ ਤਾਂ ਜਿਹੜਾ ਸਰੀਰਕ ਦੁੱਖ ਆ ਫਿਜ਼ੀਕਲ ਇਹਨੂੰ ਕਹਿ ਸਕਦੇ ਆ ਇੱਕ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਤੁਹਾਡੇ ਮਨ ਦਾ ਵੀ ਦੁੱਖ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਪਰ ਇੱਕ ਦੁੱਖ ਹੈਗਾ ਤੁਹਾਡੀ ਆਤਮਾ ਦਾ ਦੁੱਖ ਯਾਨੀ ਕਿ ਦ ਸਪਿਰਚੁਅਲ ਲੈਵਲ ਤੇ ਉਹਦੇ ਬਾਰੇ ਮਹਾਰਾਜ ਨੇ ਇਹ ਵੀ ਇੱਕ ਦੁੱਖ ਆਇਆ ਜਿਹਨੂੰ ਆਪਾਂ ਹਮੇ ਵੀ ਕਹਿ ਸਕਦੇ ਮਨ ਰੇ ਹਮੇ ਮੋ ਦੁੱਖ ਭਾਰੀ ਕਹਿੰਦੇ ਵੀ ਜਿਹੜਾ ਹਮੇ ਔਰ ਮੋ ਯਾ ਅਟੈਚਮੈਂਟ ਇਹ ਸਭ ਤੋਂ ਭਾਰਾ ਦੁੱਖ ਆ ਇਟ ਵੇਜ ਯੂ ਡਾਊਨ ਹੋਰ ਮਹਾਰਾਜ ਬਣ ਜਿੰਦ ਕਿਨੇ ਹਮੇ ਰੋਗ ਵੱਡਾ ਸੰਸਾਰ ਈਗੋ ਇਜ਼ ਦਾ ਬਿਗੇਸਟ ਡਿਜ਼ੀਜ਼ ਇਨ ਦਿਸ ਸੰਸਾਰ ਤੇ ਇੱਕ ਹੋਰ ਸ਼ਬਦ ਆਉਂਦਾ ਹਮੇ ਰੋਗ ਕਠਨ ਤਨ ਪੀਰਾ ਕਠਨ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਬਹੁਤ ਆਰਡੀਅਸ ਰੀਲੀ ਡਿਫਿਕਲਟ ਇਟਸ ਦਾ ਮੋਸਟ ਡਿਫਿਕਲਟ ਪੇਨ ਟੂ ਅਲੀਵੀਏਟ and that's interesting in itself katania i think that i think what what's uh, very difficult for for most people is is how do they understand their own home mm -hmm. because home unfortunately gets translated as ego mm. and ego unfortunately gets tra translated as pride mm. and pride is not the issue here mm. which no, is no. why i use a very different term which is your body mind identity okay the, well, that's is the fact that i think i am this body and mind mm. and that was what guru well, said is, is, is the disease mm. well mm. That, that's really interesting because if we look at descartes um, um, basic proposition uh some cogito that's precisely what you said mm. i think so therefore i am and you're seem to saying that that's the precise the root of the problem so so descartes didn't go far enough yeah. great guy but to be honest with you, his philosophy doesn't compare with yeah. what eastern philosophers have been doing for thousands of years mm. so he conflates thoughts with the sense of i am yeah. what eastern philosophers have been saying for thousands of years is actually if you introspect closely yeah. you can see various layers of what you think you are so your thoughts yeah. sit on top a sense of i sits below that a sense of attachment yeah. to the body sits below that and all of these can be worked through independently and can actually sort of come apart yeah. um so descartes i mean it, it's, so, it's so it's descartes is affirming the i and the guru ji is saying you have to escape the eye so that's the whole point well, isn't it it's not like he just descartes doesn't know what to do with it yeah. he doesn't he doesn't he, you know he's identified that there is something uh, ethereal about our experience there's something okay. suspicious and wonderful about consciousness and he equates it to thoughts what he didn't have the tools unfortunately were the introspective tools to actually separate out well actually even these these thoughts are just something that i'm perceiving like my hands yeah. and my body they're just something external to me mm -hmm. so what am i what am, what well, am i but actually but passing if if we're saying that once you start identifying with yourself you were saying earlier on about when we you know me which is i 
that's the root, that's the root cause of the ego. Yeah. The argument then would be that if we get rid of the ego, then we, we have no identity. Is that, that seems equally problematic. That could be a mental kind of crisis as well. I think, I think that's the solution. <laughs> Gurbani talks about manamare. Gurbani talks about jivatamare, being something that kills the mind and being dead while alive. And Gurbani actually states that these are the Brahmgyanis, these are the ones who have no self-identity. Because what they've done is, it's not that they have no self-identity, they've understood that their real identity is not limited to the body and the mind. Okay. It's, the, it's the bit beyond that. Mm. And that's and the bit that we don't, we don't know yeah, from a daily actually, experience. Actually, even, even the idea of killing your ego is a confusion, mm. because you're giving your ego some reality that it doesn't deserve. You're saying, actually, it exists, and then it will go away. What Gurbani, Gurbani just talk about that manuma. Gurbani makes mm. very distinct use of very different words, mm. so man and mat mm. and home um, yeah. yeah. in very particular ways. And uh, to conflate them is dangerous because then you start thinking, well, actually, there is an ego and I need to get rid of it. Mm. Actually, what Gurbani really says is there's no ego at all. You've got a sense of self, and it's that sense that is an illusion, and that's a mistaken illusion. And actually, you can see through that illusion to see that there was no one there in the first place. And once you see that there's no one there in the first place, there's no attachments that can stick to no one. Mm. There's no desires that can stick to these non-existent attachments. Mm. And suddenly suffering dissipates. Again, this is a thesis. This is what's been presented mm. to us mm. as a solution. Um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, we're getting to very esoteric areas now about but, ego and, we'd start, and the nuances. We're going to go for a break, but we started off with Guru Arjan Dev. You gave the example that Guruji sits on the Tattitavi. But did he feel pain? Did he physically feel, feel pain? Uh, that's the question. Or is it the fact that, that his, 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 his spirituality, his uh, whole kind of heightened uh, uh, level of spirituality, meant that that pain couldn't afflict him? To me, I think, I think firstly, that, that there's absolutely no way that we can answer what he's going through. Yeah. Well, but I think, but I think, I think what's really interesting is that Guru Arjan Dev Ji <coughs> had to do that act in order to set the benchmark for suffering. Mm. Guruji set the benchmark and said, even in that example, I will show you that you can be free. Mm. So I, I'm not interested in, in whether Guruji felt pain or not, because I, I don't have the ability yeah. to answer that. But I think what's really well, interesting is how do we then understand our own suffering when we Well, the reason why I'm saying it is because um, if somebody becomes spiritually aware, mm. um, how can they feel the kind of everyday suffering that other people might have, the physical mm. suffering, if they themselves have become detached from that. So, and clearly the guru, guru was connected. I mean, the gurus, that's why they did the langar, and that's why they were, you know, they were but, feeling people suffering. But we have a lot of anecdotal evidence for this from accounts so of people. Krishna Sahibji was running hospitals. And Absolutely. Like that, so we know. have anecdotal evidence to demonstrate that actually this kind of process, this project that people have engaged in, mm. has actually increased their compassion, not decreased it. So, and we've got that from anecdotal yeah. evidence, but we've also got neurological evidence now supporting mm. that people who meditate, their, their sense of self, the areas of their brain yeah. that are associated with the sense of self are deactivated, and yet their compassion centers fire well, up. Okay. So, that's I, don't think, I don't think it's something so, to worry about. Yeah, so, so that's right. I mean, we're going to go for a break now, but I'm just going to end with one more um, uh, Shabbat, because I think it kind of picks up another angle. Uh, it's about, uh, in fact, the, again, this home, home which I are, I come in ego, I go with ego. So this Shabbat says that 
Homie is everywhere. We're going to explore a bit more of that and also Nam after the break. Why good Jika Kalsa? Why good Welcome back to the One Show. Um, today we're talking about um, suffering of duck and also uh, how can we overcome duck. And uh, in the second half of the show, we're going to be focusing very much on that. So, you know, if Suk actually puts us into a deep sleep of illusion of Maya, then Gurbani says that duck can awaken us as well. It makes us patient and humble and takes us closer to the truth. Bani Likia Harka Nam. So in Gurbani it talks about Naam being to destroy true suffering is Naam and we often think about Naam and meditation so we're going to be exploring these two things. I don't know which, whether you want to pick up Naam or meditation first but let's, um, wherever you want to start. So I would That's say, the solution to suffering. Yeah, and I think, I think it's, it's important to distinguish the two. Mm. Um, let's firstly talk about meditation, because mm. that's a concept that people all over the world mm. are, are, are familiar with. Yeah. Um, and what we think meditation is, as opposed to what the general society and, and world think meditation is. And I think real meditation in the Sikh tradition isn't this idea of just sitting in one place and, and, and looking like a Buddha. And, and doing a Buddha pose, that is a meditation. But I think Gurbani talks about a, a different way of looking at meditation, which is this idea of being aware, being present, having an idea, no matter wherever you are, of a sense of reality. It's like Gurbani says, So I think people are talking about meditation in the Western sense very much from the Buddhist tradition, which is this kind of sitting down and just being completely zen and silent. So it's not about going inside yourself then? So it's always about going inside yourself. It's not about the mechanism of sitting in one place. It's about being constantly aware. So the way I look at meditation, for me, it is the practice of what the gurus have taught. Mm. So if one is the jnana of the gurus, the wisdom of the gurus, meditation is the lived experience of the gurus. Mm. It's literally when you walk around outside on the street, where is your mind? Mm. That's how I would describe meditation. Is your mind lost? Is it wandering? Is it wandering? Mm. Or is there a sense of being constantly aware of what the gurus have taught us? Mm. And the way the guru says mm. to do that is, Nam is a very effective way to keep that sense of awareness. But, but what about your senses? Because our senses, our sense of sight and touch and hearing, smell, these are things that connect us to the kind of material world. Yeah? If, if you switched off the senses, you would in effect become dis disconnected from the material world. The mantra, the door there in yeah. there. Mm. It's always but, but the question for me is, are we trying to switch them off? No, because I think, think we are. Or are we trying to see through them? What's the role of Because we often talk about a to Namjapo. But why, why can't I open my eyes up and still do meditation? Well, this goes back to the quote that we said, yeah. so you, there is no restriction that you have to close your eyes, and certainly not in Gurgan Sahibji, is there anywhere that, that explicitly recommends that it's better to sit, sit down and close your eyes and do it. It's, it talks about Naam and, and, and it's it's it connection and sorti. Yeah, I, sorti I think it's a, that's it's easier to be locked, go in the Kutiya, in the I temple? Think it, I think it's, it's, a very, it's a very sit good starting point. I think it's a very good starting point. If you, if you have 
um, a person just walking around in the, on the street and you just say Nam Japo, mm. they can do it, but their their mind will constantly wander. So I think it's it's a very good starting point to sit down and actually learn how to meditate. Yeah, yeah. But then it's about how do you move past that? How do you do that in your everyday experience? Because Guruji didn't recommend that everybody just lived in a forest for 20 years. They said actually while you're earning your your your, your daily bread while you're rearing your children, everything. while you're doing everything, you should be able Just to... Just is there a special place or a special time, a special day to meditate or...? No, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I think Gurbani is quite clear about that, that effectively there is no, there is no special um, place or time and this is something that actually um, at its pinnacle we should be trying to do as much as we can. Mm -hmm. Obviously there is, there is you know, reference to Amrita Villa being a very good time and I think there's a number of re we won't get into that, but there's a number of reasons why that could be a very good time from practical purposes but also neurological evidence now that we've got about the state of the mind in the morning. Um, but I think in terms of just, just touching upon the discussion about um, meditation, I think it's, it, 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 you've got to walk before you can run. So I think you've got to evaluate for yourself whether actually sitting down in a quiet room in the dark is actually a good starting point for you before you start thinking, well, actually, I should be able to meditate anywhere, which you should. But sometimes you've got to, the practicalities of, of meditation have to come into play. Maybe it's worth turning the washing machine off before you meditate. Um, and then when you start to build some proficiency in it, it doesn't matter if the washing machine's going on or someone's shouting next door because effectively you now be able to block that out. So you can, fairly, you can do that, right? But you're not sort of mania. Like, he's always wondering, how mm. can you control it? Yeah, so I always find this a fascinating question mm. because it's it's almost like, and I think the best way to answer that is the parallel, because I, I hear this all the time, money takada, you know, I want to do it, but money takada. It's like someone saying, I want to get healthier, physically healthier, and I want to start running, but every time I run, I get tired. It's, it's you know, it's, uh, that's the point. <laughs> yeah. it, it, that's, the, that's the barrier that you're coming up against that you're trying to work towards and move out. So when you first start meditating and you find that you can't concentrate, you know, Guruji has given us the exact tool to work on our levels of concentration. And what you find is with repeated attempts, your man does start to slowly deck. And so this, this you know, it's... So it's connect with the Guru. Yeah. Well, you know, just use the tools that the Guru has given mm -hmm. us and at the very basic level, um, you know, Guruji recommends Nam Japana and in sure. a very traditional sense. So, so well, I mean, uh, we need tools, yeah? Um, and meditation are tools. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, and the key thing that we're trying to do is, is trying to nam, nam japana. Yeah. Now, is that a physical? Because you know, when I think about japana, I think of kind of physical repetition, maybe ch chanting. Is that what we're talking about, or is nam something much more sublime? You know, what, what, what? I, th I think, I think uh, Guruji has used a very specific word here and if you think about Guru Granth Sahib Ji, generally the word Naam is used a lot more than the word Mantar. Mm. So, I, so it makes it very clear that Naam is something far deeper than just the repetition of a word. Naam, Japana is the repetition of a word but Jap, the word, another meaning of the word Jap means to know rather than just to recite. Mm. So Naam Japana takes a far deeper meaning. One thing I always say to people is whenever we're going to talk about Naam Let's talk about the first time the word appears, because that sets the context for what Naam is. Mm. What's the first time that the word Naam appears is in the Moon Mantra, mm. and it says Sat Naam. Mm. Now the definition of Sat Naam, whether you take it to be truth or existence, what he's saying there is truth or ex existence of the universe mm. is Naam. So Naam Japana is no longer just, okay. the, just restricted to, to reciting yeah. a word. Guruji is saying consciousness and being aware of yeah. existence yeah. and so the, the reality of existence. Well, if I, if I if you came 
you know, off the streets and I'm looking at me, I'm in, you know, suffering, I'm, I'm anguish. And I come to you and I say, look, help me, you know, I need to, I need, I need some naam. What would you practically, what, what kind of things could I do? What, what kind of practical, give me some practical tips. Absolutely. You know. I think for the example that you've given where somebody's just coming and needs immediate help right now, I would actually recommend you sit down and you do some breathing exercises just to calm your mind down. Just because when you're suffering, a lot of the time your mind is just running very fast. And actually there's some very simple tools that we can show when your mind gets angry, when you get really panicked, your breathing speeds up. Yeah. So the inverse is also true. And actually, if you're feeling very anxious, let's just sit you down for a few so minutes deep, and slow deep. your breathing down. So relaxation uh, techniques. Relaxation, uh, that's an absolute basic mm. of meditation in any tradition. Let's just mm. sit down and, and, and do that for first. And then I would always say... Can't you give me a mantra or something? Can't you give me something to repeat? Well, what, what I find, really, what I find really interesting is when people have come up to me and said that, you know, we've been going to the Gurdwara for 20 years, we've been doing similar and we're doing Kirtan and all these things, but our mind doesn't settle down. What I, the, the example I always give, and the reason I say that sitting down and actually just first calming your mind down, mm -hmm. is like if you were a professional musician, mm -hmm. you would never go on stage and just start playing. You tune in the first, first thing you do is you, you tune, tune your in. instrument. Mm -hmm. So in the same way, I wouldn't just give you an arm and say, here you go, here's the word Y group, just, yeah. just do that. Actually, mm -hmm. first tune your instrument, just switch that off for a moment, mm -hmm. switch your mind off just for a moment, and then this, the, the, the sound will, will have a lot more impact mm -hmm. on you. The music will okay. actually sound a lot better, and the naam will work a lot better, rather than just giving yeah. someone who's sort of on a treadmill and just running and, 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 and you know, you mentioned thinking about, we'll at, go at back fast to pace. The breathing. Uh, what sort of, a, how, is it a deep breath, or is it, uh, mm. how do you, what do you mean by breathing? In what so, so when Gurbani talks about sa, sa, simra, with yeah. every breath, the first thing, my, and th again, this is only my, my understanding and my interpretation, um, the first thing is any breath technique actually just tells you to just become aware of your breath. Mm -hmm. We're breathing all the time, but we're not aware of it. Mm -hmm. We have to understand that actually all of these are tools. Nam is a tool, breath is a tool, but it's not the end destination. Mm -hmm. What it's actually trying to do is to get you a heightened sense of awareness. Mm -hmm. So. The reason we slow it's breathing to get down. In touch with your body inside, or it's it's it's, it's, it's to uh, get in touch with the thing that is aware well, inside yeah. you. Right. So what is your awareness? And mm. the first thing to do, which is why all these techniques yeah. across the world, including yoga and all these, yeah. what yeah. they've done is they've started with the physical. So it's a stage. So it's a bit like going from like, to this notion of ajapajab. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 How do you, that's you, the you don't the the, the, the yeah. very word ajapajab mm. implies that it's the end. Yeah. It's yeah. not the first stage. Yeah. 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 So in the yeah. same way, any technique that you you use, then what you do is you superimpose Nam on top of that technique, and I think this is what is so so powerful about just, Nam. Just with that, I mean, uh, you know, we all, we try to ask difficult questions, not because you know, but because we're trying to answer the doubts in people's minds. And some people say, yeah, he's a man for your difficult questions. <laughs> well, I mean, some people say, uh, you know, for these people who sit down and do why guru, why guru, why guru. It's a kind of like a totaraton. It's a kind of just like a, a mechanical parrot fashion, uh, and has no. I mean, is that is that nam simran? Why guru? Why guru? Why guru? So th there's many forms of nam simran. Yeah. I, I personally believe that is a legitimate form of nam simran. Mm. Um, I know there were very. By the way, I'm not saying it's not legitimate. Okay, I'm just trying to. <laughs> I try to help this, you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want. There's, there's a plenty of crowd out there that want, want to go for me, but gone. <laughs> um, so it's a legitimate form of nam simran. Yeah. I'm, you know, we're, I'm very aware that there are various people who interpret parts of the Gurbani and say no, Nam Simran should be done vocally, it should be done internally, it should be, you know, various opinions. 
Um, I haven't got a position on those. My, my personal belief is you try what works for you. You know, yeah. it's, it's there. If you, if you sit there and basically spend too much time trying to analyze what's going on mm. um, before you actually ever dip your toe in the water, mm. you're just never going to get anywhere. You're Again, just I mean, wasting time. Though. I always, I always use exercise as, a, as an analogy to meditation. Mm. It's like you know, the, the people who stand outside the gym and talk about the exercises yeah. mm. um, and don't actually not go actually, in until yeah. they've got all their equipment, until they've got their protein cup, and yeah. they're not going to actually go well, in and do me, the exercise. Let me follow that analogy because you could also say, that if you don't exercise properly, mm. you could perform certain exercises mm. and it could be damaging. Well, I, I'll take that analogy and if we look at something like, if you were exercising to lose weight, mm. you could just ask somebody, how do you lose weight? And 10 different people will give you 10, ten different, different answers. Mm. And in that yeah. same way, there's lots of people that have different ways that arms and work yeah. for them. I think we've got a call, so um, let's, see, uh, let's see our first call. Why would you call Why would you Hello? Hello, Sajikal ਮੈਂ he, he said he doesn't understand the word he's saying, but he yeah. loves it anyway. I've let the side down without the pun. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping they could CGI that in. Over so so the, we were saying that, um, in a sense, you know, you have to dip your feet into the water if you want to mm. learn to swim. You can't just mm. stand on by the banks and mm. learn to swim. And in some senses, you know, you have to kind of step forward, don't <laughs> you? And that's fine with me. But you can do it quietly. You can do it. It's not a performance, is it? And you don't have to raise your voice. Yeah. Simran is not a performance. It shouldn't be a performance. You shouldn't be saying, hey, look at me, I'm doing so much Simran. I think if we go back to the analogy, mm. which is that everyone meditates in different ways, yeah. one of the key things I think that we don't do within this, mm. which is that if we take the analogy of how do you lose weight, yeah. somebody has to be checking, is it actually yeah. working? Yes. So it doesn't matter whether you're doing it out loud yeah. or quietly, yeah. is that do you have the mechanism that says, is it working? Okay, well, come back to, uh, we'll come back to what, how would we know if it's working, but let's hear the next call. Why good you call Why Why good you Hello, Ji. So what would you like to say to the program? How would you say that, um, uh, depending on what spirit, spirit level you are, mm. you can feel pain or you can't feel pain. Mm. So mm. it just depends on what state your mind is in. Mm. You can see the, you can actually physically see the damage, mm. yeah. but you don't actually feel it. That, so are you speaking from experience? Speak. Are you speaking from personal experience or are you uh, making a general observation? So, 
In that signal, Anna, it bypasses your brain. Mm. You don't actually feel it. Okay, that's fantastic. That's really fascinating. And do you want to respond? And it's like um, mm. if you are calm, you've been meditating for a long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, people can swear at you and you won't hurt you at all. Mm. Or is it if you haven't been meditating, you got up one morning, wrong side of the bed, and somebody said something to you very simple? Mm you just blow your head off. I think that's fantastic, really. Thanks very much Thank for those thoughts. Much. I mean, Benji, it's almost like gives you those powers yeah. Yeah. To, to, to resist. Can you tell us about Rasa Guru Gavai? Gavai. Yeah. connection to you You don't know what's going around you, what's happening around you. Fear. This, this thing about fear as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good thing. To be provocative, because I like being provocative and contrarian. I think it's worth asking yourself the question. Like Sadhbar said, we're never going to know whether um, Guru Arjun Dev actually felt pain or not because you know we, we can't, can't, we can't be part of his subjective yeah. experience. But if he didn't feel any pain, does that actually belittle his achievement to you, or does it actually greaten it? For me personally, mm. I, I, you know, my, my understanding of the way Guru, Guru Granth Sahib talks about the difference between mm. pain and the physical suffering, that's mm. or the physical resistance, the, sorry, emotional resistance. You know, he he felt the pain, um, and that was the achievement. That was the fact that you know such extreme pain can be endured by someone who's effectively an Olympic athlete of meditation. Mm -hmm. So you know, because otherwise you could argue, well, anyone who's had their nerves severed is effectively in the same state as Guru Arjan Dev. They're just now you know devoid of pain. We should all go get surgery and get that you know get that nerve chopped. Basically, that that gives us pain. I think he perceives it. But his response to it is completely different from the average person because of the tools that he's used to get to where he is. Mm -hmm. I think for me personally, anyway, that's a far greater achievement mm -hmm. than to say, it's okay, we don't have to compare ourselves to Gorad and Devji. He never felt any pain. So, Paul, Ekhorbi, we've got another call. I think we're pretty popular. So, let's take the call. Why Guji Ka Kalsa? Why Guji Ki Fateh? Hello, Ji. Hello, Ji. Hanji, Pai Sab Ji. Swagat Thwadam. Nadar Soji, Kitho Karte Kol Ji. Hanji. Yes, sir. Are you live here, sir? Yes, I am just listening. Yes, I am listening. Yes, I am listening. What do you want to say about today's topic? Look, the topic is that the situation is that the situation ठीक <laughs> ਗੁਰਨਾਮਸਿੰਘ ਤੁਸੀਂ ਦੱਸੋ ਮਨੋ ਜੀ ਜੀ ਦੇਖੋ ਇਹ ਬਹੁਤ ਬਹੁਤ ਦੇਖੋ ਤੁਸੀਂ
जवाब सारे बैठे जिन्होंने फोन किया बहुत सिकी घट रही है क्योंकि कई बार जो आप गल शांति बारो कित लगते हैं बार ढूंढत बहुत दुख पावे घर अमृत घट माही जी सो अमृत नाम I think we need to we need to almost we can go into what the experience is but I think that's going to be so Okay we'll come up. Okay let's check into the call why good you got call sir why good you for the
नानक नाम जहाज फिल्म शब्द आया It gives us a sense of how broad this actual concept mm. is, because in in the in the again in the Eastern traditions, especially in Hinduism, it's used very much as a mantra. And although that's a great starting point, and Sikhi advocates that as a starting point, I think anyone who reads Gurbani and even translations of Gurbani, it becomes very mm. quickly mm. obvious to you that Nam is something yeah. much more expansive. So, Paul, I mean, on that, because if you take Bhagwani, um, some of that predates Guru Nanak Dev Ji from for hundreds of years from Ramanand. Uh, Farid ji and Kabir ji, and they also talk about Nam as well. And Guru Nanak, obviously, you know the whole. Uh, some people say that the whole philosophy of Nanak is a philosophy of Nam. So this is. So what is it that is that Guru Nanak does? What is the intervention that Guru Nanak is making? Is it that he's he's explaining it to us, or what? Is, what what's happening here? I think Guru Nanak and the gurus have made clear that Nam has existed in the Vedas and, yeah. and, and, and historically, but it, it's very clear that over time. Some of the rituals have overtaken oh, yeah. the, the essence of it. So Guru Nanak, mm -hmm. I don't think is claiming a monopoly on Nam. Yeah. He's simply saying that 
to the people of the world, you've forgotten that so this is shining the light back on the earth to, to remind of, of the true path. Yeah? Yes. And the ugly government, why could you get Hello, Why could you give for this? Hello, G. Why did you call the way to give for this? You swagged by some, now the Sodi took out the goal. Man, I'm in the thing in my hands for the poor. G. The Winter Sanji started in Ali to see Lagging and Hanji Congratulations for producing this extremely high quality program. Thank you. And the discussion by these two young men mm. is absolutely beautiful and top class. Mm. This is the way the young nowadays think. Mm. The old fashioned way of thinking, and there have been some various comments that it should not be in English. Mm. Those do not exist anymore, mm. and the young do not no, understand them, and they're mm -hmm. not bothered to listen to them. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the high the extremely high level of mm. thinking of the gurus has mm. been so well put across by these young men. Mm. Yeah. And I'm proud to say mm. that at last Sikhism is looking towards the young mm. and the youth to bring Sikhi forward. Definitely. Thank I you, have grown up in this country. Mm -hmm. I'm over 60 years old. Mm. I remember my childhood where the, my elders used to come to the Gurdwara, speak in Punjabi only, and never teach Sikhi. Mm. This is the way to teach Sikhi to the young. Definitely. Thank you, Prajit. Thank you. What I have seen in those 60, 65 years yeah. is absolutely amazing. You get mm. these young kids coming across to the Gurdwaras now. In yeah. the old days, they did not. Baji, uh, thanks very much for your bold yes. confidence you uh, and uh, you know, please keep watching a Gal Channel. Why would you call So, I mean, it's really high quality, I believe that. Well, well. but there is a tension, yeah. let's be honest, there's a tension between tradition mm. and the progressive kind of mm. uh, thought that Gunan. And so we have to kind of balance the two, don't we? It's not either or, we, we go with both. We can never forget Punjabi, we can never forget Gurumukhi, no. but we also need to realize that the gurus are. spoke in the languages that people understood wherever they went. Definitely. Yeah, and I think, yeah. I think there's a distinction between um, doing parchar in, in, in various languages as opposed to saying that mm. Sikhi is now moving on to yeah. English. Mm. Guru Granth Sahib Ji will never move on no. to another no. language no. because the Guru and the Barney is, is fixed into Which that is language. very unique in terms of our dharam, you could say that we have never ever allowed the Guru Granth Sahib to be translated, whereas if you look mm. at other religions, you know, you have the Bibles in English and things. Mm. So, so that is one of the really essence of our Sikhi, yeah. is, the, is the nad, the sound, the, 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 the mm. kind of, the of the the behind, technology behind, behind yeah, the, the, there is something yeah. that's ingrained mm, in the yeah. words that the gurus have yeah, written yeah. which means that that alone is sacred yeah. and that can't be, it can be translated mm. but then it, it doesn't mean changed. that it never be changed the original is 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 essentially the we've got another call why good you khalsa why good you fateh hello ji why good you khalsa why good you fateh ji paisa swagat ji nada so ji kitto kar the call ji main love singh bol raha hu ji love singh ji ki kehna chahunge i would like to appeal to the youngsters ji um, uh, through obviously Paisa by Sapal Singh that please uh, I appeal Binti to the youngsters to obviously start listening to Sapal Singh and get connected to the Sikhi. Mm. So if you get connected to the Sikhi and get educated, I think half of your problems will get sorted out. What's happening is our youngsters, they are just, uh, I mean, they're getting the image from the other Sikhi, but they mm -hmm. haven't got no knowledge about the Sikhi. Mm -hmm. And when mm -hmm. you haven't got any knowledge, it's like they got this delusion question mark on their head that what is Sikhi about? 
So I think this is the best way what's possible from you doing this amazing job. Okay. So Thank get connected you. to the Nantewa and get yourself educated. Thank you very and much. Okay. Be, every youngster should be a walking university basically. Yeah, I, I like that concept. Yeah. And of course, uh, you know, Dharamsal, uh, you know, we, we, we are the embodiment of the Dharamsal. I mean, that's Gurunanaka. You know, could say that he, what he meant there was that within everybody, within everybody there is a Tarmsal, as well as within everybody's house there should be a Tarmsal. Can I just comment on yeah, that? Yeah, Because I think I just want to second what the, the last caller has just said in terms of the work that Sadbal Singh is doing. Um, you know, I think there's a shortage of people who are actually um, taking what's ingrained in Sikhi and the intellectual ideas and actually making them practical and accessible for people. Um, I think the work he's doing is fantastic, and yeah. you know, I think yeah. we need to spend more time and support in, in sort of uh, yeah. encouraging him to do that because mm. it's just you know, it's, well, I, it's really, I think, really popular for people. I think we need to allow flowers and flowers to bloom, mm. and that's the key thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, we, you know, we've been saying for many years yeah. we need uh, Western-educated uh, good Sikhs. Uh, who takes the key seriously. And now that they've emerged, mm. the committees need to start to support them rather than importing yeah. grantees from India all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we've all, you're opening up paths now for mm -hmm. others to follow. I mean, we've got basic yeah. Sikhi, Fajagaraj yeah. Singh and others as well. I think firstly, it's, it's really important to acknowledge that we don't do anything on our own. The no, Guru no. gives us all the strength to do yes, everything. Course, yeah. But I think we are beginning to see uh, Gurdwara committees now start accepting yeah. that this is a very valid way mm. because they're the ones coming so up to us and say that they're the ones coming up to us and say the youngsters aren't coming to the Gurdwara. Mm. So they know that what's been tried before isn't necessarily working now, mm. and this is where we're able to, with whatever Take little knowledge we have, is to actually share it to the new generation mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. actually make it relevant for yeah, people yeah. Where, where maybe that, that hasn't been possible before. I mean, we've just yeah. got about two minutes left. Just I mean, we're going to have to do follow-ups. Yeah, and we will do because. Mm. There's so much to kind of cover. We've only scratched the surface. But any kind of final summing up thoughts from you from what we've talked about today? You know, people face some very real problems in the world today. I think I think all Sadbal and I want people to realise is there are tools on offer in our very own tradition uh, that are really effective and practical with dealing thing, dealing with things like anxiety and depression, mm. and, and we don't need to go external, you know, outside for those. Um, you know, all the knowledge is there, and now we've got people like Sadbal who are dedicating their time to actually teach this to people. So, you know, make use of that. Yeah, surprising last minute. Uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would sort of say the same sentiments, which is the fact that Gurbani does have the solution. Unfortunately, people have looked at Gurbani and 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 sort of associated with just everything that they see from an external. Mm -hmm. And actually, Guru spends more time saying that I can help you with your problems mm -hmm. of your mind and your depression and all these kind of things. And hopefully, over time, more of that knowledge is going to start coming out that people can go back to the Guru and find the solutions to yeah. suffering. Yeah. Manjit, any thoughts? I mean, I've got so, res so much respect for just Jaswinder uh, and Sadbal, the high-level quality, uh, see what they're doing out there for yeah. the youth and the youngsters. Mm. Uh, I'm so proud of them. Absolutely, I'll tell you, I've yeah. kept quiet and I want you to just listen and yeah, listen to yeah. them, that they've got I so say, much to give out there. I just yeah. like poetry. Um, yeah. And actually, we can maybe take one, we've got maybe about a minute, is it a longer one? Yeah, I can do a quick one if you can do a minute. If I can put it, it on. Okay, so this is effectively a, a poem about meditation itself. So we did say that when there is a poet. <laughs> so this one's called Meditate. Closed eyes, breathe softly sweet. Calm still mind, senses poised and pointed keep. With subtle noticing, luminous is that internal darkness sea. In oneself, bathe and swim that ocean of the presence deep. Call off the search in order to find what you ardently seek. 
wondrous and unfathomable pure sentience in that silent place rest be meditate हां जी सो दैट्स इट सो महाराज बाणी ਦੇ ਵਿੱਚ ਵੀ ਕਹਿੰਦੇ ਆ ਹਮ ਮੈਂ ਧੀਰਗ ਰੋਗ ਹੈ दारू पी ਇਸਮਾਇ ਕਿਰਪਾ ਕਰੇ ਜੇ ਆਪਣੇ ਜੇ ਗੁਰ ਕਾ ਸ਼ਬਦ ਕਮਾਏ ਸ਼ਬਦ ਤੇ ਗੱਲ ਆਉਂਦੀ ਆ ਆਪਾਂ ਜਰੂਰ ਸ਼ਬਦ ਤੇ ਵਿਚਾਰ ਕਰ ਇੱਥੇ ਆਪਾਂ ਸਮਾਪਤੀ ਕਰਦੇ ਆ ਪੁੱਲ ਚੁੱਕ ਮਾਫ ਕਰਨੀ ਜੀ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕਾ ਖਾਲਸਾ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕੀ ਫਤਿਹ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ